Oi, what's the best game where you get to eat pie? What's the best game where you play a dead guy? Aye? You'll find out in DJ247's podcast. Here, what's the best game where you swing from a rope? And what's the best game where you battle the pole? Like I said, you will find out in this year's podcast. Hello and welcome to VG247's Best Games Ever podcast, where we attempt to find the best game within an extremely specific category that we've made up. Uh, for example, this week, we're looking for the best game about gods that isn't God of War, which is, of course, a topic inspired by the release of God of War Ragnarok next month. Uh, yes, God of War, the long-running saga of Kratos, who used to be <laughs> well-respected at the top of his profession, but is now just a sort of angry dad who cuts about the place in a stoic silence, only broken when he needs to tell his son to put something down or stop mucking about. Speaking of which, I'm joined today by Editor-in-Chief Tom Ory. Hello, hello. That's a good one, Jim. <laughs> Associate Editor Alex Donaldson. Hello. And uh, guides writer Kelsey Rayner. How are you all doing? Hi. Good. Well, this is an interesting topic because like, there's, there's a lot of gods in a lot of games. And there's even an entire genre of god games. So uh, what have you got for us, Tom? Not to... Uh sort of give myself some extra points or anything, but I was quite rushed <laughs> with this. So it was I didn't do much planning. Um I I won't really go into I mean my morning's been fine compared to other people on this podcast who I won't go into the details of. But I still think I've been a bit harassed internally, my like in terms of my own workload. So I basically just picked the first thing I could think of. Um, okay. Immortals Phoenix Rising. <laughs> I mean, which, which it's a act, solid choice. Actually, like I know, I know it's like Ubisoft. Oh, it's a Ubisoft game. Oh, climbing towers, uh, etc. They've copied Breath of the Wild. They may have done that, but actually, um, this is a, it's a very fun game that kind of combines Breath of the Wild with a bit of God of War. Um, Greek, lots of Greek gods in this. I can't remember a single thing about the story, so I'm not going to tell you about anything <laughs> about how the gods. <laughs> How the gods appear in it, but it's quite a lot of funny dialogue between you and like various gods and possibly statues. I can't remember all the details, but it's a fun game. Like I think it released. I can't like at right at the like just either alongside or just after the new consoles, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And it, it kind did. of more or less got forgotten about quite quickly because it wasn't like a big exciting exclusive at the time and it was seen as like, oh it's just a, it's just a breath of the wild copy because you climb things and there's like a bar that tells you how how much strength you've got left to hold on so obviously it's just a copy of breath of the wild that old chestnut um yeah. but and this is going to be controversial i'm sure multiple people go i'm an idiot and send me rude messages but i had more <laughs> fun playing this than i did with breath of the wild I'm not saying it's a better Ooh. game. I'm not saying it's a better game, but I had more fun. Breath of the Wild Ooh. is a more serious game that you have to just put a bit more effort into. This, I could just run around, do some fun fighting, um, have a few laughs. I don't laugh. I'm saying that. I don't actually do laughing in real life. Um, <laughs> but I would have done if it had been funny. Like If I would have been the person that would laugh, I would have laughed at a few of the jokes. Um and yeah, it's a good game. Looks really nice. I think the Switch version's a bit rough, but on consoles, it looks very good. PC, yeah. it looks good. Um, I mean, the yeah. Switch version of fucking Breath of the Wild is a bit rough. Um, <laughs> I've never played this, right? And you I was always intrigued it, by it. It's, it. Um, it's, it's by the Odyssey Pass. team, isn't it? It's on Game Pass now as well. I don't know. I, like I said, 
I've done mm. zero research about this. I normally I at least watch a little YouTube clip. <laughs> but um, it's made by someone who was involved with other games yeah. before, um, who have made previous games at Ubisoft. Yeah, it's. Um, I'm pretty sure with game making. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it is uh, the same, largely the same team who did Odyssey. I think it's got. Uh, a sim- I think there was a big thing about how it looked like the world map is similar or something. Yeah, because obviously they've reused assets, which is the worst crime imaginable in game development. Yeah, um, yeah. I imagine just like being efficient. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, see, see. Weirdly, this is something that put me off it when it came out because, as we all know, uh, Assassin's Creed games have become things that take about 900 hours to finish now and i still Mm. haven't done everything in odyssey and it came out a billion years ago so when that came out i was i was like ubisoft open worlded out and i was especially like uh, this was another greek gods thing and uh so for that reason i just i've still got this like on like unstuck sneeze uh when it comes to finishing odyssey so i can't bring myself to start something that feels like essentially a spiritual mm. spin-off Although it's well, not, it, but... it is i mean do you know the story of how this game started development no are you they gonna tell a... me it was dlc no no it's actually a bit more interesting than that they okay. had a bug during the development of odyssey where <laughs> certain character models were turning giant and it was merging their eyes so they only had one eye and so they had these no giant way. cyclops people that were a software bug and that bug sort of made them think about greek mythology and that segued into them saying why don't we make sort of a spin-off game using a lot well not a spin-off but an original game using the same technology and some of the same tools and reusing some assets and stuff that um that is kid friendly and that was how Hmm. but yes it it literally came from a bug (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't feel that much like Assassin's Creed to me, though. It definitely, it's definitely like Assassin's Creed is sometimes a bit awkward. It feels a bit awkward to play to me, anyway. Whereas this is a much more fluid feeling game, um, yeah. and it's just it is like kid friendly. Like it's just it's like a like a car TV cartoon series type tone to it with like some wacky characters and stuff. It's it's a good game. Like I think it's got it's one of those games that I think in like five years will be on loads of like underrated gem type lists it's got that energy of this was developers who were making a lot of like quite po-faced i mean assassin's creed isn't that po-faced it's quite non-serious but quite a lot of adult stuff with blood Mm. and guts and gore and they just have this joyous thing of being let loose on something where they can just have a bit more fun yeah Um, and again i just looked it up and like the guy who wrote this game wrote like assassin's creed 2 far cry yeah. 3 stuff like that and then he obviously comes <laughs> on and he did do shard of light which is a lovely little yeah indie style ubisoft game but obviously you imagine he came onto this project and probably had a, a ball you with... know what ubisoft get a lot of stick and and you know quite rightly so in a lot of areas but like one thing i don't i actually don't think they get enough credit for is how they let the teams experiment between big projects and you get wonderful stuff out of that like child of light the grow home games i absolutely love and they like people describe them as indies uh because they feel like indies and they've got yeah. that that wonderful kind of creative energy but they're not they're they're straight from the bowels of the same place that assassin's creed comes from but uh, they they let them do it they let them do like uh they let the staff do like game jams internally 
Yeah. And uh, that's where a lot of these ideas come from. So, you know, I think that's uh, becoming more and more common. Like I know mm. uh, that Double Fine do that exact same thing. And I feel yeah. Bioware do as well. So it happens here and there. But Ubisoft is one of the few publishers that does it publisher wide, which is cool. Yeah, that is really cool. I mean, look, like somebody's going to post the like the uh, the under no circumstances got to hand it to him drill tweet in response to this probably. But <laughs> I think I think they, need, they deserve some credit for that. Um, all right. Uh, not to, uh, <laughs> no pressure, Kelsey, but I'm going to save yours for last because, uh, and I'm just going to, I'm just going to let everyone know it is brilliant, right? Okay. So, uh, Donaldson. Wait, was there any point us talking? Well, we no, look, look, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's necessarily the winner, but it is brilliant. Right. And when you hear it, you'll go, that's brilliant. I'm I won't. Guarantee, a guarantee. I'm glad so, someone uh, thinks so. <laughs> so Donaldson, uh, what have you got for us? You've got like very much the quintessential God game, I think. Uh, yeah, well, I thought about this because I almost, part of me wanted to pick uh, Zelda because so much of the Zelda lore is driven by... Uh, that that would goddesses. work, yeah. yeah. But I decided to go for an actual God game and it's the God game. Uh, it's black and white. Um, it is, in my opinion, the best game that Peter Molyneux ever designed, better than Populous. Although Bullfrog did Team Hospital, he wasn't the um, the lead guy on that. Um, and so, yeah, uh, it's the best game he's ever designed. It's really wonderful. It's literally a god game where you play as a god and you are a giant disembodied hand in the sky. And it's part real-time strategy game, part um, simulation game, like building and, and nurturing and all that sort of stuff. And you literally are nurturing, like, you're a god of an island and then it becomes several islands and you've got tribes that worship you. And the actions you take as a god, either through your magical hand, which they can't see, but you can basically do acts of god, um, and this creature that you raise and design that's like your right hand in the world, the actions you take shape the way these cultures... I have heard of it, but I've never, like, looked into it properly. I'd very much like the idea of the whole good versus evil... It's sort of like what if you were what, what if it was the Sims on a, on a on a macro scale? So you've got lots of people, and it's like rather than just controlling them, you are literally a god. So you're so the way you get your power and your resources is by people worshiping you. So rather mm. than the traditional of you're earning money or you're collecting crystals like in Command and Conquer or something like that, your currency is literally the the way people worship you. And that and that currency can then be spent to cast miracles, and the miracles can be stuff like creating food or healing people and stuff like that. Um, and so it, it sort of leans into that whole god thing. And in classic Peter Molyneux fashion, like you know, he's got a checkered history in terms of delivering on the promises of his games. But the game also has sort of an interesting rumbling undercurrent about about faith as in uh, in general and what faith means and what believing in a god means and then yeah. at the same time on a video game level it's straight up a strategy game where you can as a god inspire your uh your worshippers to take up arms and go and wipe out the heathens who worship another god yeah and so that's really cool as well and it has multiplayer and all that sort of stuff they did a sequel which really doubled down on the um on the combat side of things i really like that the different tribes are all based on peoples around the world so there's like a norse tribe and a celtic tribe and i think there's like there's an asian tribe i really 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 love it i'm like i'm very this particular era of 
Lionhead, I have a real love for. I mean, Fable 1, and I think all three of the Fable games are good in their own right. I love all the, all the Fable um, games, yeah. But I do yeah. think the team that was doing strategy games, so the team that did Black and White and the team that did the movies, which is also excellent, um, they were just on a hardcore, hardcore roll. <clears throat> and, you know, when you talk about the God game, there's lots of them and there's lots of new indie ones. And a lot of people think about stuff like Populous and stuff like that. And there's arguments about is stuff like Civilization a God game? But when I think of a God game that is a God game in the truest of senses and really all about Godhood, it's got to be black and white. It's got to be. It feels like that was like um, a real culmination of everything Peter Molyneux had been working toward at that point. It does. And it's sort of, in a weird way, it's sort of two games in one because there's the God game bit, but then mm. the creature bit is like a separate, very classic like Molyneux Tamagotchi idea. thing, isn't it? Yeah, where you're raising this creature and no two ones yeah. will ultimately, you know, can ultimately be the same depending on how what you do with them. You, you have to feed them. You can use them to impress villagers. You can use them in war to fight and all that you sort of uh, stuff. You can get them to fling their shit at stuff as well. You can have them. Yep. Yeah. And it, again, it's very, very, um, very Molyneux. It had this AI it's behind it, which they were very, very proud of. They really talked up the AI, and I think a lot of the code from the black and white AI ended up in the Fable Two dog. I'm pretty sure I read. Uh, that. I, it would not surprise me if that creature's descendant is the dog. Yeah, and then the horse in Fable: The Journey, I guess. But um, <laughs> whichever one, a game everyone's forgotten about. But. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting because I think the, the godhood side of the game on its own, they could have just released that on its own and it would have been great. But they also packed in this creature thing, which also, to be fair, touches on the concept of gods creating things. Like you create, like, it's a funny thing. You don't create the humans. Actually, the humans, the tribes create you because it's their prayers that sort of give birth to you as a god, which isn't, interesting concepts like thematically but the creature then is the thing that you create as a god and yeah i just and i I think you can see a lot of fable in it as well like there's the two advisors so there's a good advisor and an evil advisor and the evil advisor is always pushing you to do human to encourage the humans to do human sacrifices and stuff like that and the good advice and the good advisor is pushing you to allow people to do what they want and not punish them and stuff like that so there's a there's a shred of the fable morality stuff in there too um it's a game that i don't think is remembered nearly fondly enough because it was a bit enough it wasn't though it it wasn't (laughs) a strategy game (laughs) it had it didn't have the gesture controls that were a bit shit Oh, well, the yeah, gesture, the, the, the magic, you had the, to draw kind of symbols on the screen with yeah, the mouse. I, I yeah. wouldn't say they were those controls were shit. I think they were a bit cumbersome, but they also made sense for this idea that you were a giant, disembodied, godly hand in the sky. And yeah. it made sense that you would do things through gesturing. But that's the thing, it wasn't bad. Like, when you look back at it, it won a BAFTA. Um, Who hasn't won know, a BAFTA? I bet Jim's won, won a BAFTA. It, it, won, <laughs> it, it won at the Game Developers <laughs> Awards, why is that, why does that awards. seem like an insult? It was. <laughs> and on Metacritic, it sits on a 90 out of 100, which is pretty good. Like, that's in the, that, like, that's literally in the top 10, you know, in the 10th, in the 10th percentile. But also, when you aggregate how the scores are, I bet that's a bit higher than the 10th percentile. It is a really, really good game. It's the sort of game where it's a real bummer that I'm pretty sure it isn't available on Steam. And, you know, it, it's, I know this is the case for the movies, um like it's very very difficult to get it running and yeah. um 
I bet. It's a shame. I, I remember when uh, when that came out and the, the the buzz for black and white was huge because like it was still um, when there was a massive uh, community of people who really missed Populous and really wanted Populous back, and this was. Yeah. But that's something in a similar vein from the same people. They could have made another populace, and I think that's the interesting thing. They didn't. They made something that really has yeah. this um, this different tone and this different style. And that different tone and style is literally rooted in the godhood. And I love that they gave you this physical presence, like I said about the hand, because there's so yeah. many games where you click around, but you don't actually have a physical presence. But here you can literally go and yeah. pick up an individual and throw him into the sea if he's that was a non-believer. A that was the best bit about the whole game. And stuff like that. Um, yeah. I will say... P- picking the villagers up and flinging them was brilliant. Um, someone, yeah, I mean, that's why I played it. That's the only reason I did play it, I think. Someone will was get quite mad young. for me saying this, but, you know, um, I've just checked and it is totally... Uh, my Abandonware has it. Every time you promote <laughs> My Abandonware, people go, oh, you're going to get them closed. Don't talk about it. Uh, but how are people going to find them if you don't talk about it? So basically, yeah, it's not available on Steam or anything, but if you're willing to tweak around to get it running on a modern PC, you can uh, you can go and download the files. And like I say, it's abandonware, so it's sort yeah. of a legal grey area. <laughs> Might just do that. Um, uh, one thing I loved about uh, Black and White, it had a lot of like mad little touches. I, I don't know if you've already mentioned this, uh, Alex, forgive me, because like, uh, I got a message from James when you were talking, so I got slightly distracted. <laughs> um, you know the whispers when you were playing the game? Do you remember that? Yeah, well, that's sort of part of the good and bad thing, right? Yeah, like, you put your name. You put your name you, in. At you some could point put your name in at the yeah. start, and then like I, I've got this really vivid memory of being up. At, like it must have been two in the morning, and I'm in my like late teens playing this black and white game, <laughs> and then uh, I just hear this like almost imperceptibly low in the mix, just a voice going, Jamie, and it's fucking, and it scared the shit out of me, and uh, it, it genuinely freaked me out. Uh, Do you know that only happens late at night in real life? Yeah. So it only occurs if you're playing it really late. And and it happens every time a villager dies, doesn't it, I think? It whispers whispers the word death when villagers die and other creepy things. I think it has to be... I think it's a confluence of things. I think it has to be that you... You're playing late at night, but also you've got to be in a situation where perhaps people are dying or you're at war. Yeah, you, you, or something like, like that. You, you're basically you're playing the game badly, which is obviously <laughs> I play every game really badly. Um, I, I was working in Maplin at the time, and I remember um, uh, like going in the next morning and mentioning this to people. And of course, everyone because like it's Maplin, and everyone there is a nerd. Like everyone had basically been doing the same thing the previous night, so. Um, it was like this this kind of shared traumatic horror experience. But it was great. It was, uh, it was so full of good ideas. But as Tom pointed out, didn't quite land all of them. Bit so enough. it's like classic Peter Molyneux, isn't it's it? It's a classic Molyneux game. But I also think it is, it is a brilliant, for all its shortcomings, of all those Molyneux games where he falls short, this is the one where I 100% believe it deserves that 90 Metacritic score. It's excellent. Mm. It's just got yeah. a few bits where it's a bit fiddly and a bit, a bit, uh, a bit frustrating sometimes. Even like, even you were talking about how you put your name in it, whispers it. Alan Wake wrote Tom on a wall. <laughs> I didn't even tell it. I didn't even tell it my name. It just wrote Tom on a wall, and I was like, "Whoa, 
<laughs> it just happens that the name Tom was written on it. It happens to everyone, but I thought that was more impressive than black and white. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess so. Kind of. I mean, like a stop clock sort of situation. Um, okay, uh, Kelsey, uh, what have you got for us? Um, I went for a little bit of a cop out that apparently Jim thinks he's fantastic, and I went I for do? The Sims Four. Because I don't oh, play yeah. games about gods, so I thought I'd pick a game that I've played a lot of, which is about playing God. We all know what The Sims is. Yeah, I know. Let's stop there then. Right, Jim. Uh-huh. <laughs> what? We're done. We know what The Sims is. It's fine. Yeah, we know, we know what it's The Sims fa- is. Do I need to explain thematic, it? There is a thematic sort of um, thread from Tom to mine to yours. Yeah. It's a very natural arc, I think. Yeah, I was torn between that or City Skylines, but I don't think we needed to talk about natural disasters this week, really. So. <laughs> no, God, no, no. Because, like, you you micromanage people in The Sims, um, and you are... You are this omnipotent being dictating yeah. people's lives and killing them at every opportunity if you mean yeah so. you're like you're essentially like a household god i mean well like quite quite literally a household god like and and if the sims like literally because if the sims don't uh pay tribute to you properly or upset you in some way you lock them in a room without a toilet exactly that literally happened to a lot of romans <laughs> <laughs> it's all yeah. about the romans with you Jim. everything comes back to the romans <laughs> Um, but no, I think I, I honestly think well, when he when he sent it to me, I was like, "Well, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. That's that's, that's probably already won." Um, why, why is The Sims so good though? Like, what makes it better than like, it's for example, my my son plays Minecraft and does like in Sims, people are mean to people. My son made a thing of the day that captured mobs and just tortured them till they died, and he got something <laughs> from it. Like, is, what? How is Sims? Okay, that is impressive. But there's a no- certain novelties of The Sims where you do get attached to the characters that you create. You spend hours creating an entire family. You then spend hours building the perfect home for them to then spend however many hours with them, letting them develop their lives, their careers, everything else, to then just be like, I don't like you anymore. And you have that power. You can just decide, oh, suddenly they've done something you don't like. Suddenly it's yeah. time to put them in the swimming pool with no way to get out. It's sadistic fun. It's, it's sadistic fun. And I think you can argue that like, you play like fate, essentially, right? Because it's your whim. What, what, what happens to these people is entirely down to you. You can take direct control, right? But then also you can just sort of watch it play out and then mess yeah. with them. That's literally what I was going to say. They've got their own whimsy. You can just leave them to their own devices and come back and be like, okay, well, you're a vampire now. <laughs> and then <laughs> it's, 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 it's like you have this whole town. It's like you get bored of one family. You don't even necessarily have to kill them. You can just leave them for a few hours and see, come back later, see what they've got up to, and then kill them. Where does, um, where does the herbs fit into this? Is that... Uh, that was, in the city. Is, that, is that also a godlike game? For the Americans, we're talking about a Sim spin off and not Herbs. Carry not on. The Herbs is a very interesting Sim spin off. <laughs> the Herbs was just like an RPG, you just did little quests. Uh, there was a Sims Medieval one as well, which is really similar. Was it, it? It was kind of like the Sims. That might be my Sims. Is that my Sims. No, it was like it was. Literally, I think it was literally called the Sims Medieval, and it was like Sims Skyrim essentially. There was a game called The Sims Medieval. Yeah, I just can't remember what it. Oh, The Sims Medieval. Yeah, it, it straight up was just The Sims set in, in medieval castles. times. 
No way. I, so that sounds I brilliant. I'd love that. that. Why did I never play that? That sounds right up my alley. It does sound great, doesn't it? I never played it either, despite thinking that it sounded great. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't bring myself to like buy a Sims game because I was in my 20s. My experience with Sims is basically, I think there was a challenge on Xbox game reward points. And what it was like, make one of your Sims need a Wii or something, or make them piss themselves. <laughs> So I just, I just left it on and didn't build a toilet, and that was it. <laughs> you could be really cruel. I remember, um, uh, oh, this must have been about 20 years ago, uh, when Big Brother was on, uh, was, was still a big thing. And uh, my then sister-in-law, who would have been like 14 or 15 at the time, um, every year she would make a new Big Brother house and and populate it with Sims based on the contestants. And when one of them was evicted, uh, she would quite sadistically just build a wall around them. (laughs) <laughs> like so so like so like some sort of like medieval horror house there, there was like just dead sims in all the walls well the classic one is the swimming pool yeah. and you delete the, the ladder out right so they just or you lock them in with the oven and then with no cooking skills suddenly start yeah. a fire or, and or, burn or, or fireplace fireplace with a chair in front of it yeah. will do the oh, trick yeah. have they ever marketed this as like for these for for you like obviously people <laughs> like you who are like let's torture them is that ever part of their marketing? Is it always look have a lovely life with these people? You make a good point. You do make a good maybe, point. Maybe they should but... go full on. Have they ever gone full on? Like here's a load of like medieval torture equipment. The Sims saw. They should do that because they know that that's such a big part of the mm. game that people enjoy doing. Like they yeah, they must do. They must not. Add a guillotine. Like, they, <laughs> Yeah, you could have like uh, you, you could. Have, I mean, sure, surely some like enterprising person can mod it into The Sims Five when it comes out that you can like hold evictions and like loser just has to get their head chopped off. That'll be even more interesting with multiplayer as well. It won't just be people's Sims anymore. It will get personal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is this is really good, Tom. Write it down. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> right, I've got to pick something now. Uh, because uh, I, I genuinely have grown to loathe this part of the podcast because as it's gone on, everyone's gotten, I think everyone has gotten to know me and gotten to know exactly the sort of stuff that I would find interesting and whatever. So now uh, every week I've got to be like, oh, I can't pick one. I can't pick one. They're all good. And they are genuinely all good. But, and this is uh, this is going to upset Tom. I'm really sorry, Tom. Uh, but you called it. Uh, I, I, I've got to give it to Kelsey this week because mm. the ingenuity of the, and I know Kelsey that you were just like, yeah, well, it's a cop out, but uh, I just woke up best. and saw the Sims Four news and was like, that's a good shout, actually. <laughs> it was like, it's the best. It's, like that's an epiphany, and genuinely, like the, the, the ingenuity of that choice is uh, is brilliant because you are, you do, you are essentially a sadistic god to a like a race of little computer people who live and die at your very whim and you don't even like, have to be sadistic you could no, just you go ahead and nice let them. them yeah you let them live out their dream lives thing is jim i could say like i'm a god any game right i no, could play no, you I, can. Could, I could say i'm in control i'm controlling this person through the power of god i'm god controlling lara croft no, because <laughs> no, because Lara Croft is a proxy. Is essentially no, a proxy. When I play it, I'm playing as God, and, <laughs> and I'm controlling her. No, because if you were actually a deity, you would have some control over the environment as well. 
like yeah. that, that like I that, choose to let that just live as it, as it goes like, you know, like what you're but you don't have a choice about, over that that's I the thing got, you, don't, you don't actually have that active I, choice if, uh, it's, I'm you're not god when you're playing god Tomb Raider have that choice. you're not you're uh, at best you are a minor <laughs> demon possessing Lara Croft when I was playing Ridge, when I was playing Ridge Racer I was god <laughs> In in playing just no no cars you weren't around. no you weren't the, you, the the guy in the game driving the car was a proxy for you I was the announcer I I was God <laughs> playing the announcer you were Murray Walker hmm. um uh no look, look I've blown this wide open now Jimmy sorry <laughs> no because uh, no no because The Sims is like a like you, you, like the, what you do in The Sims fulfills all the like the classic how you define a god right is uh it's a, a supernatural creator who has uh a, like omnipotent control over the people and the environment that they are in right they are also supposed to be omnibenevolent but you know which you can be in the sims so i think i think that fulfills all the kind of requirements of godhood and if you're a guy driving a car <laughs> <laughs> you don't fulfill any of the requirements of God. Is, you're just a guy is, in a car. Is, is The Sims a game about gods, or are you just a god? Because it's is, it not, about, is it about the god? I will it concede. It is about you controlling The Sims. I'd say, like, I'd say that like, obviously the game, the game is I about can... The Sims and what you're doing. Yeah, it's, it's about what you're doing to these Sims, mm. so yeah. Mm. And I you can, are I the god. Black and white works. Black and white is all built around the god. Right. If I'd if given it picked, to Alex, you'd been coming picked, up with some. I would have definitely had some arguments, but as it wasn't given to Alex, I'm going. Alex is, is much more deserving of the win at this point. <laughs> Just to move it on. Uh, no, no. Look, it stands. Uh, Sims Four is the best game uh, about gods that isn't God of War. Like I said, you will find out in this year's podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. It really helps us get the word out. Uh, we're not just a podcast, of course. If you'd like to hear more from the team, then check out VG247.com for our fantastic news coverage, features, reviews, and game guides. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye.